You're listening to Breaking Big, a show all about working in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Aaron Newmeyer. We are proud to be supported by Filmcraft LA and Hoo Ha Ha. In fact, we are featured in the podcast we love section of the Hoo Ha Ha app. You can also watch our show as a live stream on YouTube and Facebook. And if you want to see or listen later, it'll also be on Spotify. It's a great show, even if you're in listen-only mode. And you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for joining us. This is the one with Colleen Haley. Colleen was born in Arkansas. Then she moved all over the world, but went back to Arkansas to begin her journey in the film industry, ultimately moving to Los Angeles. She started at the bottom as a production assistant and worked her way up to Steadicam operator and will soon be an RE Trinity One operator, which is an amazing new kind of Steadicam. We'll talk more about that later. She's worked on TV shows, music videos, over 40 films from shorts to features like Mud with Matthew McConaughey and Lucky with Harry Dean Stanton and David Lynch. She's a supporter of the writer's strike, so she's putting her free time during this work stoppage to hone her skills on the Trinity. Welcome to the show, Colleen. Hey, and welcome. Hi, nice to see you. (laughs) Nice to see you too. Wow, that's quite a list of experiences you've had there. (laughs) Thank you. It's been an adventure. (laughs) Yeah. So how did you get into the film industry? Um, I kind of stumbled into the film industry. I was, I did a lot of theater in high school and um, met a DP at a uh, Arkansas film festival and just kind of shook his hand and said, I'll work on anything you're working on. And he chuckled at me and I said, no, really free labor and proceeded to make shorts with him, help him with shorts for a summer and um, then interned at a production company. And it just kind of snowballed from there. I I worked on anything that I could get on in Arkansas for a while. That's so cool. Um, you know, you don't really think about Arkansas as being, you know, the place to get your uh, film degree, you know, like, <laughs> so that's cool. What kind of projects were you working on? Uh, mostly shorts, but also commercials. Um, but I, I did actually go to school in Philadelphia. So it was only on school breaks that I was able to work in Arkansas. Yeah. So more of like, uh, it's the, um, the feet on the ground education, not the academic one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. <laughs> Very cool. So, um, so you met a DP and before you really got to know him, did you understand the difference, you know, like all the different roles on a film set or were you already drawn to camera? Like were you a photographer before or something? Um, no, actually. And, uh, my experience with him kind of, he was, uh, very, very talented. His name's Gabe Mahan and I am naturally drawn to knowledge in general. And so for a while, I didn't know if I was interested in camera or specifically, or I was just drawn to the person that I thought I could learn the most from in, in that specific environment. So I took about a year jumping around into other departments and then, uh, came back to camera and realized that I was, I was right on the first, first round. That's great. How lucky. Um, I actually, we have a couple photos. So this is me operating Steadicam. I actually never operated Steadicam in Arkansas. I only started doing that once I came out to LA. Uh, but basically what's happening in the photo is I'm filming a singer who's at a piano and the Steadicam is a, a technical tool that stabilizes camera movement by attaching the camera to your body. 
um, there's a vest and then it's connected with an arm and then the camera's placed on a sled at the top and at the bottom you have power and a monitor so you can see what you're doing. And so in this specific um, photo, you can see me filming both the piano and the singer with the Steadicam and uh, it's showing one of the advantages, which is also a range of movement. The camera's above my head, which I would not have been able to do handheld. That's really cool. Um, so it looks like it's heavy. It is heavy. It's much heavier than just a camera. Um, I do also operate handheld, so uh, I know the difference. But the the you're carrying not only the weight of the camera, but additional power to power the sled, as well as the weight of the arm, the sled, and the vest. So whatever heavy rig you have, which I have flown a Venice, which is a very um, one of the heavier cameras out right now, um, along with a teleprompter, which <laughs> is a large collection in and of itself. And you add, in addition to that, the weight of the rig. Yes. Oh, here, I want to show the next picture here. Um, so here's another view of you with, uh, is this is a different shoot, yeah? It's actually the same shoot. Oh, okay. So it looks like... Um, Sometimes you have to crouch down. Sometimes you're standing up. I suppose it depends um, on what type of camera is on there, right? Because some cameras are lighter. Like, um, isn't there a, like the Alexa Mini? Which the Alexa I'm... Mini is a very lovely light camera to work with. Um, the The weight of the camera shouldn't uh, affect the magnitude of the tool or the the range of the tool uh, so in theory it doesn't matter how heavy something is i should be able to move it with the same ease and it takes out the same um move it, it smooths the same amount in the movement it's just that uh, i'm carrying more weight on me and it mm. will affect how long the stretches that i can use it for a lot of people probably aren't going to ever have the opportunity to to run a steady cam. I like how you called it flying, like flying the camera. It's like you're you're a camera pilot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's and I think that really does a good job of describing the feeling because it kind of gives that gliding motion. Mm -hmm. A long time ago, I worked on this show. Um, it was called Las Vegas. I don't know if you remember it. It was it was a while ago. It had like James Caan and and. Um, uh, I think Josh Jamal might have been in it. I'm not sure. Uh, but I was going to say, like, they were, uh, like, they had this cool thing where everybody would freeze. And then the person with the steady cam would kind of, like, run through the oh, thing. And fine. it definitely was kind of like this flying thing. And it gave, I mean, we were holding as still as we could. But obviously, it, it would give this, like, this look of everyone, like, like kind of like you were traveling through time really quickly. You know, because you yeah. could like zoom up to the next action and then the camera would stop and then the people would just start up just like they had always been, you know, it was really cool. And that was my first time really seeing the power of the Steadicam. Um, yeah, and then after that, I bought this little handheld thing. Um, it's like a handheld gimbal. Uh, but it was so awkward. I mean, I couldn't get it to balance and I couldn't control the focus. And, you know, it was just like this loose I don't know. Do you know what that's called? Is it called a gimbal? Yeah, it is. You, you nailed it. It's called a gimbal. Most of them are made by DJI Ronin um, for, for smaller rigs. But yeah, it's. I would say that most people feel the Steadicam is equally as unwieldy. It is definitely a tool that you have to learn how to work with 
Um, but it's, it's all about just training, training your body, training, training with the rig in order to make it do what you want it to do. Yeah, the thing was completely out of control. I had no idea. And I was trying to do this like short film festival competition thing. And um, so oh, that's so stressful to try yeah. to learn a new tool during that. Oh, my gosh. And when it was just me and a couple friends, so it was it was it was a little bit lower stress than if I had like said, oh, I know how to do this. But it was just like, it would just float around. So if you like, like it was very low rent um, equipment, not at all. (laughs) I'm sure what you're up to with what you've got going on. So, um, so when you first got into it, then um, were you, you weren't doing Steadicam right out of the gate, right? Correct. I actually, it took me moving out to LA uh, in order to really, I, I worked on a feature in Arkansas where there was a steady cam and I immediately knew I wanted to do this. And that was actually the first time our, I felt the difference of being a woman because the guy who came on to work this tool was like five, six, maybe five, seven. I'm five eleven. I'm not a small person. <laughs> and I mentioned I'm a PA at this time, unpaid intern technically. And I mentioned that I wanted to learn steady cam and both the DP and the AD who um, had worked in Los Angeles both said, oh, you can't do that. Like only, yeah, only linebackers do the steady cam. It's all very muscular men. And it took me coming out to Los Angeles and actually getting into in touch with Steadicam operators out here before I felt welcomed to try it. <laughs> you know, I spent probably four or five years expressing interest and always being told no, which sounds so ludicrous now that I look back on it. Uh, but, you know, I didn't, I'm talking about something theoretical. I was asking people questions that about something that I had no personal experience with. So I let those no's get to me a lot more than if I'd had access to it. And I have to thank actually Damien Church, who is was a Steadicam operator on a feature that I worked out worked on out in Los Angeles. And I asked him one too many questions over the course of three or four days that we were working together. I was the film loader, digital loader, and he was a Steadicam operator. And after one too many questions, he whips to me and kind of goes, you're interested in Steadicam. And I said, yeah. Now kind of stumbling, like, mumbling. And within a day between setups, I came out to change mags and he said, Hey, you want to put it on? And I put it on and immediately just started floating around the set, having a blast. And by the time I got home, I had signed up for the uh, Tiffin workshop in order to, to learn it. So just his kindness to give me access to the tool to try it gave me all the confidence I needed to pursue it. And that's, basically been the welcoming I have felt from the Steadicam community in general. It is a very supportive community, incredibly supportive, optimistic. Everybody's wanting everybody else to thrive. The more someone else is thriving, the better Steadicam as a whole looks. So it's been a wonderful experience. Isn't that amazing how it really only takes just one person, one person to just kind of be like, to notice, you know what I mean? I think a lot of times we're all in our own 
head about what we were doing or what we're working on. And if you just like kind of pay attention, be a little bit observant, and then offer just a small something, like it probably didn't take much for him to offer that to you. And look, it changed your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he definitely had no idea when he was doing that, the magnitude of the impact it would have on me, mm-hmm. the entire trajectory of my career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of time we don't really realize uh, even how you treat the person in like the, the checkout lane or in the toll booth. You know, um, my brother used to live in New York and he would, you know, be going, you know, back and forth, I think, to Hoboken or something. And I remember I was in the car with him and as you're only having this interaction with this person for like 15 seconds, you know, you're throwing some change in there. And he always, every single time would be like, Hey, how are you? How's your day going? You know, have a good one. Like he just always made sure to do that. And it's because he knew that that one positive interaction was going to make their day because so many people just, you know, went by them and ignored them. Like they're not a person or something, you know, or they could be rude. Yes. It's like, no, thank you. (laughs) But I think that's so great. And we all have opportunities like that, you know, to help each other out. So I just think that's wonderful that he did that. That's so great. So um, were there any other um, like moments coming up uh, where you found that, you know, being a woman Steadicam operator was either like a benefit or, or like difficult, like with the weight, I, I guess where I was going with this was the, I, I've tried to hold camera a few times, um, not a Steadicam, uh, but a, like, um, just like getting a shoulder rig, you know, cause I, a lot of things I shoot are like pretty low budget with just with my DSLR camera or something, but it's like, you have this thing and it seems like it's not so going to be so heavy. And, but because you're like your arms, I don't know if you can see my, like my arms, they're out in front of you. They're just out in front of you. It's like, you know, when you're raising your hand in class and you've got your hand up for a little bit and you're like, dang, my arm's heavy. <laughs> I was dying. I'm just like dying <laughs> holding this thing. So I just wonder yeah. what that's like for you. I mean, do you have to do like extra you know, weightlifting or Pilates or something? I definitely work out a lot. Um, It has been a good inspiration to keep myself in shape. I think it's a good thing to keep me accountable on something that I should be doing anyway. But yeah, there, it's amazing how it's basically weightlifting. You're doing all of your normal activities with a weight on your shoulder and, um, you're, you're using your body to manipulate this tool into the right position in order to get the frame that you want. Maybe that means squatting. Maybe that means going from your knees on the ground up to standing. Um, this is for handheld. For Steadicam, I, I do do specific um, exercises mostly to strengthen my back and then also to strengthen my abs to support my back because I think that my back is probably what takes it the most in the Steadicam. Um, in terms of your other question was, uh, differences being a woman. Uh, when I first started in Steadicam, I was significantly smaller than I am now uh, in terms of weight, although I was in much better shape and it's been interesting watching the difference in how I'm treated. It was kind of a, a mental trip to have people treat me when I was at my strongest as I was as if I was the most fragile, uh, that was frustrating and ironic now that I, um, weigh a bit more, both, both healthy weights, both very healthy weights, but ironic now 
I'm treated as if I can do a lot more when I actually was in better, better shape than. Uh, the other difference is being a woman, I would say, I do feel like I have to prove myself a little bit more. And um, there's kind of a double standard, I would say, in terms of behavior as a steady cam operator. I think that men have a lot more latitude to ask for breaks, ask for um, tools that they need. Um, whereas those same requests coming from a woman can be written off as you being too weak to do the job rather than the job being a difficult thing for any human. And then on the reverse, the easier you make it look, um, it also gives a certain type of the population the confidence of, oh, well, if she can do it, then it must not be that hard. So uh, I think that it does definitely play in. It is a factor. But in the same ways that it's a disadvantage, there is an advantage to it. I just worked the Billboard Women in Music Awards for the second year in a row. And wow, I think, that's so cool. <laughs> thank you. It was fun. It was a really great experience. Um, but I do think that I probably got that door open for me because I am a woman operating and it's a female awards show for music. But I do think that they probably were looking to fill with more women and that I, I can admit that that may be why the door was open for me, but it's all about what you do when you walk through the door. So when you are preparing for a job, is it any different when you're doing steady cam operation versus, you know, handheld or just camera op? Um, I know in a lot of cases, you know, the DP is also the camera op. So I don't know. Um, it seems like you work on a lot of high-end projects where those are separate jobs. So I'm not sure how different your prep is and how you work with the you know production team. Uh, yeah, there are a couple differences. Um, first, addressing the type of jobs I work as a steady cam because it's a specialized instrument. Even if it's a smaller project where the DP is operating, they may call me in only to do the steady cam operating because that's something that uh, somebody is not qualified to do unless they're trained in it. They could try to rent it somewhere. There may be places to rent one. I'm not aware of any places, but generally I have heard bad stories of people trying to put it on without training with it and then it not doing what they want them want it to do. Uh, in terms of regular operating or handheld, usually I'm working on multi-camera shoots. And in that situation, Generally, the, the DP will be behind a monitor, monitoring both cameras uh, and then also the lighting and discussing with the director. So there may be multiple operators or the DP may be operating the other camera and I'm just the additional camera. Mm -hmm. So what does prep look like for that? You know, because like, I know if you're the DP, you're sitting there with the director, um, maybe the first AD is making all the shot list up. And then you guys collaborate together and decide like who's going to, you know, take the lead on what shot, but like, how are you involved in any of the planning process or are you more like a um, piece of equipment that gets operated? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely much more like a piece of equipment. Uh, if I'm a, 
<laughs> not to dehumanize you <laughs> or anything I'm, there. The, yeah, the shot, all of the prep work before is going to be worked out by um, either the DP or um, DP and the director. And so they're going to have the shot list and I kind of come in and execute. And so that's actually one of the reasons why I love Steadicam so much is there's very few, is because there's very few positions that you get to come in and have um, a bit of creative input on the day when you're really only working for a day um, in order to get that kind of influence into the final shot, um, you have to be much higher up generally. And so it's, it's, it's really just a treat. I think it's the best job on set. <laughs> as a regular operator, as a handheld operator, I can basically just show up and be ready to execute. Uh, in terms of prep for Steadicam, I mostly am asking technical questions, like what kind of camera we'll have, what frame rates we'll be shooting, um, the scope of the shots so that I make sure that the Steadicam is the tool to do it and that we're going to be prepared. I do ask a bit more, especially on lower budget shoots, about the time allotted for the shot, especially if it's like an extensive one or I've been in situations where they haven't planned enough time in the day or they haven't planned enough time to transfer camera to Steadicam. And then I'll also ask questions like, is there going to be rain? Do I need to, like, is, is there going to be fake rain? Um, <laughs> do I need to prepare for water? Uh, things like that. It's, it's mostly questions about the tool and making sure that I have everything on the day. Mm-hmm. Now, those are all great questions. And I, I understand what you're saying, because I've worked on a couple different, you know, capacities on set. And sometimes it's just sort of nice to show up and just do your job. You know, like there isn't a lot of prep, although I'm sure, you, do you own your own Steadicam? I do. So you have to remember everything that you need. You don't just show up to set and they have it there for you. But at the same time, it's like, that's really it. You know, you got a checklist, you go over, you're good, you show up, you're ready to go. Yeah. There's, there's not necessarily homework for individual jobs. For the most part, I show up with my tool and myself and then I'm able to execute and go home and mm -hmm. while still getting more creative input than necessarily than when I was an assistant. Right. So I wanted to dive in just a tiny bit on the, the details of becoming a Steadicam operator for anybody that's listening that maybe has gotten excited by seeing you on the show and maybe they think they want to give this a try. Um, like how many hours of training do you think it took and are there levels or are there places that do Steadicam training? Um, just kind of walk us through, like if you were starting out right now, what would you do? I would absolutely recommend talking to every Steadicam operator that you come in contact with. It's a very supportive community. They've been wonderful welcoming me in. Um, I also took the... Um, Tiffin Steadicam workshop. I called it Steadicamp because it was a, a week, I think, of just practicing Steadicam with a bunch of really talented operators. And then they brought out other tools that you can use with Steadicam. Like we did crane walk-offs, we did car mounts, we did, um, oh, I can't 
can't remember the name of it. Uh, segways. Uh, we did steady segways. Um, just a whole bunch of other tools. Do you mean segway? I'm sorry, I have to go back. Do you mean segway like like when I, when I think segway? Yeah, like the two wheels that you stand and just kind of lean. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so like... But, can be a very useful tool. <laughs> just like I'm trying to imagine. First of all, I've never been on a Segway, so I don't know how hard they are to operate. But like, I can't imagine being on the Segway and then also, it's the kind that the, there's handlebars, right? Or are you talking about like the ones that are like skateboards? Um, it's the one. The normal ones have handlebars, but when you do it with Steadicam, they're ad- adapted to have two things that you would just kind of clamp with your legs. Oh. And, and then steering is basically with your pelvis. You kind of imagine, like, it's good to imagine that you're at the front of a ship, just kind of like, <laughs> and wherever you lean, the ship is going to go. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh, I'm dying yeah. right now. I want to try that. I mean, I try, I'm trying to injure myself immediately, but it seems really fun. It actually was really fun. It's one of the reasons that I call it Steady Camp because it was just it felt like Disneyland for operators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, uh, it also just reminded me a little bit of riding on a horse. Like I don't know if you've any done any horseback riding, but they say like where you turn, like the horse can feel every little move you make. So if you turn your head to the, <clears throat> excuse me, if you turn your head to the left, it feels you do that and knows you want to go left. It's so amazing. Yeah. It kind of sounds like. You know, you're one with Segway. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Which is also kind of what you are trying to make the Steadicam do. You want to be one with your Steadicam. It's it's kind of magical because your micro movements for the Steadicam can influence a lot of where the Steadicam wants to move. So mm-hmm. if you're leaning forward, the Steadicam is going to want to go away from you. If you're leaning back, it's going to want to come towards you. And so you want to learn how to carry your body in a way where the steady cam is naturally going where you want it to go rather than having to fight against what the steady cam is trying to do. So is it a gyroscope or something? Like how does it stay floating out in front of you? Um, the, uh, there's springs in the arm. It's spring loaded so that it basically takes out the movement of your body and keeps the steady cam sled at a um, at, at a specific height due to tension, and it, that's what allows it to kind of glide. Okay, it's I was thinking of it like hydraulics or something, but it's uh, it's just kind of reducing your effect that you're having on the camera. Yeah. In theory, okay. you should be able to kind of jump next to it and the camera basically stays oh. still. <laughs> uh, and then when, um, with the vests, so I've got, I've put on, um, I think it's called a, I don't know if it's called a Ronin. It's the one where it's, it almost mm-hmm. looks like a fishing hook is kind of up over your head. And then there's yeah, just, you just kind of like rig. an easy rig. There we go. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's, that's a easy rig would be for a handheld for a Ronin. Yeah. Yeah. For a, a handheld. Ready, a ready rig, which has two points of contact. Okay. So I've had on that, that contraption, it gets kind of hot actually I, for me, it yeah. did, but, um, and it seemed like some of them are built maybe for a, a guy. Like, do they have re- like vests that are like, you know, have room for 
a bosom or like, a, yes, like are they, they clamped do. down for a smaller waist or something? Like when you would go hiking, you could buy a, a woman's backpack that had, you know, like it cinched more or it, it was, it wasn't quite as tall or there's just like different things that you can do to make something like that, you know, fit a woman's frame better. And then I find that when I'm wearing that versus, you know, the old school, like one size fits all backpack, I can go a lot farther. I can carry it a lot farther. I don't get like the neck strain and all that kind of stuff. So I was looking at when I was, um, I was trying to figure out if maybe I wanted the easy rig thing. I was looking to see if I could find one that would be, you know, something I could do on my little, cause like, I'm usually like the one man band, you know, I've got like the cymbals going and the, the shakers <laughs> on my hand and, and then I'm trying to direct the scene. And yeah. so I'm always like trying to figure out some way to attach more, like to be a little cyborg, you know, uh-huh. the boom mice just coming out of your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's really hard to have one eye watching the levels on the sound and the other eye on yeah. the camera. Like I haven't figured out how to get chameleon eyeballs yet. So <laughs> that would be very entertaining. That's what I need though. That is, that's what I need. And I need one ear to listen to one thing and one ear for something yeah. else. Um, the vest that I use was invented by Chris Fawcett, who actually was at the Tiffin workshop that I took. He's a magical man. He's a Steadicam operator and invented this vest specifically to, um, go in alignment with ergonomics. So he studies the Alexander technique, which Mm -hmm. is a style of movement of that encapsulates all movement. And, uh, invented the exo vest not only for men but also to accommodate women so it's much airier than the other vest options it's it's less um fabric physically on your body and and uh funny story i hope he doesn't mind me telling him that saying this but he actually went around to all of his female friends or a lot of his female friends and asked them to measure the distance between their breasts so that he could a- appropriately size the pole posts that went down the front so that it would be comfortable for women to use. I don't think that it's wrong at all that he went around and asked people for that because like, that's what you need to do. You need to get data. This is the problem that I have. Like, I love that it's a guy that made this. At first I was like, I thought you were going to say like a, a female name uh, who designed the first, you know, steady cam vest that would work for women. But you need like... Men, when they're designing things, they need to think about everybody that's going to use it, not just men. And so I actually love that it's a guy. And I love that he didn't just try to guess. He got measurements and he figured stuff out. And he looked at all different body types because that's what good design is. It's like really investigating and solving a problem. (laughs) So so kudos to that person. I'm very impressed with them. And um, more more of that, please. Thank you, Chris (laughs) Fawcett. So, um, I wanted to actually show a, uh, I think you were just talking about your training. So I'm going to show a couple more pictures here real quick. So I think that you said this was you at your, uh, Tiffin training and like, was this expensive? You know, um, tell us a little bit more, like how do people get involved? It was, it definitely was expensive. Um, but because you there isn't really access to Steadicam outside of knowing someone who has a Steadicam. There's no real way to train on it without 
doing some something like this. Uh, you can, there are a bunch of practice sessions with other Steadicam operators, but even that you probably need to buy your own vest. So I chose to do this because it was an opportunity to really get a good dose of experience with it before I made the investment and bought one myself. Uh, you can also, there's a gentleman named Greg Smith who has some video lessons that are cheaper uh, that you can watch, but you still are going to need access to a Steadicam. So you could watch that and then practice with a friend, mm -hmm. uh, but it's still, it is a high bar of access for the mm -hmm. community um, to, to have to have access. And so that's, while the Tiffin workshop is expensive, something like that, that bigger investment is good to have a sustained experience with it. And I will say that having it on your body for the number of hours that we did for a week straight, I don't know that I have improved that rapidly at any other point in my career. <laughs> it's worth it. It sounds okay. like if um, you are really serious about it, then you're setting yourself apart because not everybody can operate a Steadicam. And exactly. so when people are out there looking for that person, they only have, you know, the, the trained people to choose from. So I think, you know, that's great. Um, and not have, only is it a good resource in order to learn how to use the tool of Steadicam, but they also really taught me a lot about the art of operating in general. So it's not just about learning a tool. They're teaching you how to speak the language of camera at the same time, which is one of the main reasons that I was drawn to camera in the first place. I think that it has a lot of maybe crossover with typography. Like we all can look at a sign and go, oh, that's from the 50s. But we may not be able to exactly describe why it's from the 50s and we may not be able to create one ourselves. So camera movement and, and film in general is kind of this language that we all know how to speak. We all know that a montage means time's passing, but it's we can all read it. Sorry, we all it's a language that we all know how to read and interpret, but you have to work to learn how to speak it. And so I found the workshop really valuable. So tell us about this photo. This was also at the Tiffin workshop. This is a car mount. So we've mounted, instead of having the Steadicam directly connected to me, we've connected it directly to a car. In this case, the I think we took off the tire that's normally on the back of this vehicle and then mounted it with a Garfield mount directly to the vehicle. And so I am able to use the speed of the car to keep up with the bike, who's our talent in this shot and got to practice you know the start and stops the acceleration and deacceleration um, it's just another example of getting to do really complicated start complicated shots at this workshop that i would have taken a lot longer in my career to get access to um are you wearing like a seatbelt or something or a harness or something to protect you in the back of the car or we never went on public streets for this. We were only driving around in an empty parking lot. So we didn't have the, the same safety precautions that we would have in other situations, which I'm always a big proponent for safety. There's a lot of times that camera operators are asked to do things that are unsafe. And it's one of the reasons why the union is so valuable because they have created guidelines 
of what is safe. You know, there's, as you know, the film industry is kind of run and gun and, and when left to its own devices, it's all about getting the shot, getting the shot, getting the shot. And um, that's never worth it at the cost of someone's life or their physical well-being or even their career. And so, um, yeah, I was uh, just I was telling you before we started the interview that I just came across this crazy montage of camera operators doing insanely dangerous things. And the you know, the caption under it was like, camera operators need to get paid more money. And and then like I wrote on there and I was like, please, please don't think this is normal. You should never be like almost hit by a car or like trailing along the side of a Metro or like you should never do that. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God. Um, it's not worth it. Get the shot another way. <laughs> yeah. Get the shot another way or take the time to do it safely. Yeah, well, in the montage, they actually had uh, a video from this show called Extraction. It was like a Netflix show. It had Chris Hemsworth in it. And he was doing this whole like city scene where he's like leaping off of buildings and then in a car and then whatever. But that I watched that whole behind the scenes thing. And those people are like in a safety harness on the back of this thing. And there's like five other people watching to make sure that everything is as safe as it can possibly be. Obviously, there's always a little risk, but, you know. Minimizing so risk crazy. is the name of the game. Minimize risk. Yes, I like that. Um, so now, how long have you been at the Steadicam operation game? Um, I think I took that workshop in 2017. So it's been a while, but I have not been full-time Steadicam operating that entire time. I, would, I definitely um, had some headwinds if you will, in terms of launching full-time, there was a um, global pandemic and a uh, concussion somewhere in there. Oh no. Um, so I've, I've launched full-time Steadicam three separate times. <laughs> uh, I did go back to acing during the pandemic just to get a little more work um, mm -hmm. and was very grateful for it, but. Did you say acing? Uh, Do you mean like assistant camera? Assistant camera, mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, I've, everything I've sounds like it, it has pilot names, like, a, and I think you were just saying ACing, but it sounds like, you know, like World War II uh, pilots were like aces. <laughs> yeah, I like that, especially in the theme of flying study cam. <laughs> yeah, I think it should be acing, you know, I love that. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, I've, I've been doing it for an extended period of time, and, um, but I'd say all in all, I think probably three to four years in terms of full-time working spread out. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know some things are still filming things that don't require rewrites are, I guess, or like any on set <laughs> writers are maybe yeah. still filming right now. So do you anticipate being busy? Oh, commercials. Yeah. Commercials. Yeah. That's true. Uh, we've, I've seen an uptick actually in some commercial auditions just the last couple of weeks. I, and I was like, wait a minute, somebody writes these. <laughs> it's yeah, just not protected in the guild. Yeah, writers. yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so let's see here. I, I have this cool video I want to show and it's of your work.
That was pretty cool. Uh, I love, I mean, there's so many different kinds of shots in there. And it reminded me of seeing, you know, like people operating Steadicam where, you know, you're doing so much moving and yet you still got to keep your eye on the monitor. And then there's things happening around you, like you're on that stage with the musicians or you're following the gal with the trumpet down the street or, you know, um, just being aware of your surroundings. So do you have somebody there like guiding you in those situations or like how are you possibly doing all of the things and are you also pulling focus or do you have someone else doing that part i mean i do have someone else pulling focus there are study cam operators particularly for live broadcasts that will pull their own focus they are gods among men i just that is an entire another level of concentration and not something i've ever had to do thankfully um but in terms of having someone there with you, uh, there's usually a grip that will, um, and that's the grip position on set, not just like somebody's grip. <laughs> there's usually a person who's guiding me and making sure I don't fall down, making sure other people get out of my way. Um, that's not always available on smaller shoots. Sometimes it's someone who's never done it before. Um, and so that's all just a part of the navigation of communicating with the person who's guiding you to make sure that they're guiding you in a way that works without messing up the shot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing. It's almost meditative how you just zone in on the image and you can kind of see things through your peripheral. And sometimes I will, um, if I'm coming up on a curb, maybe I'll like feel it with my foot as I'm coming up to it in order to step off. But one of the cool things about Steadicam is that because it's attached to you, it actually moves the center of gravity from your body outside of your body in between you and the camera. So as long as you don't let the, the Steadicam get too far away from you, it can also kind of help um, catch you if you stumble <laughs> because literally it's, it's a wild experience to have your city center of gravity outside of you. So even though it's not a person with their feet on the ground, it is kind of similar to having your arm linked with someone else. Like if you stumble a little, there's something on your side that is balancing that. You can also, there's this really cool trick of if you're stepping up on a stage kind of launch the steady cam in front of you, it will pu help pull you up. So like going upstairs can be a little less hard to do each individual step because you're already partially there. And in the same, if you're, I have done shots going backwards upstairs and that's kind of a similar, you, you've got the grip behind you just kind of pulling you up and between the person behind you and the camera in front of you, it's almost just like twinkle toes <laughs> making it up the stairwell. That's cool. I, I mean, I never thought it just, it looks so challenging to me watching all of those things happening. And I know now you're getting trained on the newest version of the Aerie Trinity. I know on the opening, I said Ari. Um, I did talk to the people at Ari. I was there for my own training. And the guy said that, you know, in Germany, they say it one way. In America, they say it somewhere else. So, you know, technically you're fine either way. But, um, yeah, but I know not, the preferred way of saying airy. I don't, it sounds kind of fancy. 
but but I think I said it was a new Steadicam, and really what I meant was it was new to me because I don't it's know also new anything to me. about it. <laughs> yeah, the the Trinity has been around. Uh, it's a it's a completely different setup from Steadicam, but with similar uh, similar function, but it has a much wider uh, breadth of movement that's possible with it. Mm-hmm. So with a Steadicam, uh, you are, it's because it's in a staff position, uh, you're limited, you have high mode or low mode. You've, you're limited how high to like kind of mid you can go, or you can flip it upside down. You can go from mid to the ground. But there's not really the option to go from really low all the way really high. Mm -hmm. So in that case, you'd have to have like a crane, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Or a drone drone these days. (laughs) Yeah, that Mm -hmm. would also work. Mm -hmm. Um, It also, because it is locked this way, it is the operator's responsibility to keep it level. Because if you tilt the staff the whole image is going to tilt. And um, basically Trinity, instead of being a staff, it can go from a staff to kind of a, a lance position. Sorry, I'm trying to get my arm into the, <laughs> into the image. It can go into a lance position, which means that it can go from really low all the way high. You can go from the ground at somebody's feet all the way up to somebody's head. And... That also then means you have more movement capacity spatially that, um, or different movement capacity, I should say. Uh, you could go through a car window. You can go, I worked with um, another, Niels Lindelin, who's a good friend of mine and one of my mentors uh, with the Trinity. He, I worked on him on a shoot with him where he took the Trinity into a um, CAT scan machine, an MRI machine. And they came out. So that's something that wouldn't be possible with a Steadicam because it has to be vertical. Like there's not enough room for the tool in that space. Yeah, I thought that people would think it was cool to see it in action. So here's a clip from Aries' website. Isn't that cool? That is really cool. <laughs> I mean, so it that, looks like something like totally space age and I want one, even though I have no idea yeah. how to use it. <laughs> well, you could learn. <laughs> uh, so this is actually the Trinity 2. I'm going to be buying a used Trinity 1, which has all of the difference in range capacity that um, I mentioned before. The difference between a Trinity 1 and a Trinity 2 is specifically that 360 degrees um, capability of, of rotating within the, the, the Trinity itself, for the camera to rotate within the Trinity itself. Um, I, uh, so uh, the Trinity 1, I believe, can go up to 90 degrees rotation and so the the big improvement with the two is that it can go 360. I mean look I don't know how to use it and I'm like totally geeking out over that video. <laughs> it's like, really it's it is astounding how fun it is. I've just really gotten started on it and I just am like a kid in the candy shop. It's just amazing. <laughs> 
So uh, can I ask, are they insanely expensive? I am, I'm buying mine used. So, and because I already operate Steadicam, I have the vest and the arm already. So it's a significantly smaller investment than it is for someone getting into it fresh or someone who's buying it new. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an it's investment, a very nice car. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was I was trying to upgrade from my DSLR. You know, I've got this like Lumix S5. It's lovely. Yeah. It does great video. It's got a lot of features, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, hmm, maybe I want the, you know, maybe I want the next thing up. And then like the one that I could afford was like, eh. So I mean, yeah. it's better off. I'm better off with the DSLR for right now because yes, I mean, I think, and I'm going to say the wrong number here, so I probably shouldn't say anything, but I think that the Aria Alexa is also a very nice car. <laughs> Oh yeah. All cameras almost are a car at least. And most of them are a, a car that's nicer than I will ever buy. <laughs> yeah. So then it doesn't seem so bad to rent. Like I'm always like, when I'm looking to rent something, I'm like, Oh my God, this is thousands of dollars, but it's way exactly. cheaper than, and then you don't have to stay up on it. If you're like, I'm sure something like a Steadicam has a longer shelf life, but right now the technology on cameras and things, it's like you blink and the one you have is obsolete. So yeah. Exactly. So, um, well, now we are to the part in our show where I like to do little shout outs. So I know um, we kind of showed some of your pictures already, but, you know, it's for me personally, I feel like it's always like a good thing to be grateful and have gratitude and also shine the light on other people that are doing good things. And you did that actually a lot in this in this um, episode. But you know, if you have anything else or anyone else that came to mind that you want to mention, this is uh, is absolutely, I always have lots of thank yous because I'm incredibly grateful to the entire community that has welcomed me with open arms, but particularly Damon Church, who I mentioned, who is the first person to ever let me try one on, um, who I haven't really kept up with since this, since then. So he really just doesn't know the magnitude of the impact he's had on me. Um, Charles Pappert has been a, who is an incredible steady cam operator and has been operating for ages. Um, I know he worked on scrubs. I'm sure there's way more stuff that's also amazing that he's worked on that I'm going to get in trouble for not being able to reference, but he has been a tireless supporter of me from the beginning. Um, Timber Oy, who is a non-binary operator has answered my questions, no matter how dumb and how small from the beginning, since I first got my rig has done practice sessions with me, has always been supportive. Um, and then most recently, Niels Lindelin, who has been teaching me the Trinity. So it, it just, it's amazing, especially after starting this path with so many no's and discouragement and telling me that I couldn't do it just because of who I was. Um, to have finally broken into the study cam community and find out that it was the people who weren't in the community who were telling me no, that anyone who's actually in the community has been incredibly encouraging. It's just those words of encouragement are gold and I'm incredibly grateful. And then also Chris Fawcett, who is a magical gem of a human being who designed the ExoVest and the, the king of them all, Garrett Brown, who invented the study cam. I'm incredibly grateful. Uh, what an entrepreneur and engineer 
to have created this tool that has made a livelihood for all of us. You probably all have heard by now uh, the WGA is on strike and uh, everyone else in the industry is pretty much in support of it because we know that if there's nothing written, there's nothing for actors to say, there's nothing for Steadicam operators to record. No. So I just wanted to give a little shout out to the Writers Guild. I'm, I'm not in there yet. I hope to be someday, but I definitely support them. And um, I wanted to show a couple pictures of what's going on out there. And hopefully uh, all of you folks uh, in or out of the industry that might be listening will also show your support. It's really important. Um, so much of the money is going to the production companies and they're always coming up with new ways to, uh, you know, short other people um, and now with the emergence of IA and all these other ways that writers can be taken advantage of like I'm sure you've heard the word mini room which is basically just a way to say we're not going to hire you for the full amount of time we're just going to hire you for this little mini moment and then hope that you're happy only getting paid for like a few weeks instead of what would have been like six months of a job so anyway um, you can go read more about it or you can go to uh the um, Instagram page here that I'm showing you, this is this is the WGA's Instagram. So you can, you know, follow it, uh, see what's going on there. There's so many great people coming out. You can see there's musicians. And honestly, if you want a good laugh, people are so clever and creative with their signs. I think this is genius. They, they made these like strike signs that have a blank space because who better to write the words to go on the strike side than a writer. Um, I think there was one, I'm, I'm going to say it was Tom Ellis that was carrying it, but I'm not totally sure. Uh, but it said, without the writers, I literally don't know what to say. <laughs> and I thought that that was hilarious um, and genius. So um, just kind of shout out to everybody that's raising awareness because unfortunately you don't know a lot of the writers, right? You like you might know the people that become showrunners, but some of what they're fighting for right now is actually the ability to become a showrunner because if you don't hire the writer on through the duration of the show, then they don't ever get to go to set. They don't get to see what's happening. And you will definitely see um, like a degradation of the quality of shows if you don't give the people that are running these shows those opportunities opportunities to get the training and learning. Um, and it may not affect us now, but it's going to affect the future. It's, we're, yes. it's the next generation of showrunners that were cutting off the knees. Well, Colleen, it was so great having you on the show. I feel like this is really going to give people who have some interest in Steadicam a lot of information, and hopefully you'll see them in a workshop with you sometime soon. I would love that. Anybody who's interested, pre please reach out. I, if I can help anyone else in the way that I've been helpful in the way I'd be more than grateful for it. It'd be a great opportunity. It's been so great having you on the show. Just thank you so much for taking your time to come. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And I'd also like to shout out my parents. A thank you to my parents because I forgot to earlier, but they have <laughs> also been my champions and cheerleaders and have encouraged me along the entire way and raised me in such a way to never think that I wasn't capable of doing something just because of my gender. So thank you to them. I love that. I, you know, um, I'm a parent and um, we, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome from all parents. Um, I think it's so great. I've been trying to impart that kind of thing on my own kids and uh, it's hard, you know? I mean, the world, it's a, it's a tough world out there. So I love that you've had your parents to help you with that. So 
Um, anyway, well, thanks again for coming on the show. And uh, I guess that wraps it up for this week. Thank Bye. you. Thanks for having me. Well, that's our show. We hope you loved it. If you did, make sure you're subscribed, tell your friends about it, and why not write us a review? If you know someone that would make a great guest on our show, drop us a line. You can find us on Instagram at ThunderTally or go to our website, ThunderTally.com. This show was produced by Bex Francis, edited by me, Aaron Newmeyer. The music was performed and written by Dylan Newmeyer. And our sponsor is Filmcraft LA, so make sure you go check them out. This has been a Thunder Tally Media production.